Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to The Catalyst. This episode is for you. If you've struggled with feeling stuck, you can't find time in your calendar, whether you're a solo micropractice entrepreneur or an employed healthcare provider or just a stressed out working mom, I'm going to share the exact methods that I use in managing my time. And let me tell you, these are definitely gold because I've learned the hard way. So I want to share the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them too. So sit back and enjoy this episode of The Catalyst. Okay, real talk here. There's some benefits to feeling stuck. Let's be honest. When we're stuck, we don't have to put energy towards progress. It's easier with the familiarity of stuckness. It feels safer in our brain. Our brain does not like to take risks all the time. So when we are coming at stress from all five cylinders, working maximum capacity, we're trying to remember to sign that permission slip, to drop off our kids, to submit that report, to work on tech, to talk to patients, whatever we're doing, it's easier to rest in the stuckness and to say, I don't have time. And one of the the biggest lessons I had to learn as an entrepreneur is all about boundaries. When you start making your own practice, and in my case, it's a micro practice, it's a direct reflection of your personality. It is putting yourself out there. And that is both liberating and terrifying. So when you say, I don't have time, that is actually a false statement. Everybody has the same amount of time. It's not that you don't have time. It's that you aren't creating a space for that. It's no longer a priority. And there's a lot of tough decisions you have to make when starting your own micro practice. A lot of no that you have to say and very minimal yes. So this really shifts perspective at digging yourself out of feeling stuck by committing to really looking and curating your calendar to its optimal level. And before any other steps that you can follow in setting up a micro practice, which by the way, in the show notes, I will have the downloadable free guide. It's a three-stage, three-level functional micro practice checklist. But even before all those action steps, if you're not curating and cultivating a calendar that is full of integrity, that you say what you're going to do and you follow through in your actions and you have boundaries, you're not going to get anything done. Your brain will more likely stay stuck because it's more familiar. So let's talk about how we can get unstuck with our calendar. The concept of time is so interesting, right? I used to think in college, if I wanted time to last forever, I would just go sit in my organic chemistry lecture at University of Illinois because, you know, 
that hour seemed to last about five years, right? But the basic concept of time is we have 24 hours in a day. When you learn how to use your own cadence appropriately, you understand your best hours of operation and you arrange your calendar so that your deepest work occurs at your optimum time, it becomes like you're a wizard and you can bend time. It's amazing to understand how so many of us are just reacting to things in our life. And that's normal. Life happens. If you start proactively planning your calendar, you will find that your productivity goes through the roof. But more importantly, so does your joy. Because we like to accomplish things. It gives us a little dopamine. But I'm going to share with you a secret. It wasn't until I made time to do creative things that I really became happy, productive, and grounded. For those that aren't familiar with Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way, it's a book that is a primer on how you can create daily opportunities for play and creativity. And that fully unlocks your highest potential. So as much as we want to say it's superfluous or not important to make time for play and creativity, the opposite is true. We can bend time and become more energized and powerful if we devote snippets of daily play and creativity in our life and we plan for this. So I'm going to tell you what I used to do and then we'll compare it to what I do now. What I used to do is I'd be sitting there and I'm all of a sudden would feel overwhelmed. You know, there were, my inbox had 50 messages. I had a few voicemails. And for those that know me, I don't like talking on the phone. So if there's a voicemail, it's already annoying. And then I'd have five other requests from some of my kids' schools, or I'd have something that broke on my website. And this is early on in making my, my micro practice work. And the payments, you know, capture wasn't working or my newsletter bounced back or whatever the million things were. And I would make a list. I would sit down and then just purge and dump everything that I needed to do. Now that's a great tactic. And I was proud of myself. And then what I would do is I would color code that list. I'd say, oh, okay, well, this might be important. And okay, let's even put it in order of priority. And then I would let that list sit there. I would carry it with me and tell myself that when I have time, I will start at the top and I will continue down that list. So in my next moment of free time, I will start with number one and go down the list or maybe start with the red and then the orange or whatever, whatever trend I was doing at the time. Now, sometimes I might get a few things crossed off that list, but what I would find is I would easily feel overwhelmed again because I would maybe spend two hours on one task and then look at the rest of the list and feel downtrodden that I will never, ever get any of these things done. I was hesitant to commit to a calendar because I thought that was rigid, that felt inflexible, and that felt like that wouldn't really help me with the kind of life I was trying to cultivate. Here I am making my own micro practice. I've got three kids. I've got Uber duty. I'm picking them up from school. I'm the mom Uber, taking them to different places. How can I commit to a calendar? Life happens. Sometimes you get called and there's a fever at school. You got to pick up a kid. Or suddenly they forgot to tell you that their project is due tomorrow and you've got to run to the store for supplies. Life happens. So I was really resistant to planning a calendar. 
and actually committing to a time where I would accomplish a certain task. I felt like that was just setting myself up for more failure. But I don't know which book it was that I read. And believe me, I've read so many. Maybe it was Atomic Habits. Maybe it was Switch by Chip Heath. I don't know. Maybe it was the four-hour work week. There's so many self-help books for a new business entrepreneur. And I was binging on them five years ago. But something clicked inside. And it reminds me of the time when I first met with my financial planner years ago as a very, very poor medical student. And we sat in that office and we talked about budget. And at the time, I thought, this is ridiculous. I don't even have money to spend. Why am I even thinking about a budget? And it felt almost like fantastical imaginary thinking. And what that whole exercise did was to commit. It may not be right. It may not be what eventually that budget shows, but to predict what we think we will spend on certain things. And this is the same case when you look at your calendar. So now I'm going to fast forward to how I am literally a wizard. And it's one of the most things I'm proud of and what I love helping my mentees in the Catalyst Mentorship. We all have catalytic transformative power inside us. When we start to learn our own habits and cadences and flow, we can literally feel like we've cloned ourselves, and we can get a lot done. Now, this is a little disclaimer. The older I get and post-pandemic has made me rethink hustle culture. And I don't believe over-hustling is the solution. This is not a, an attempt to help you become a super high productive machine. In actually, in the opposite, this kind of planning will help you downshift. And that's my goal is by helping my catalysts in my mentorship understand that by downshifting and creating that time and space first for your play, your creativity, your hobbies, what lights you up, you actually become more productive in the rest of your time. So it all evens out to a more balanced and grounded life of ease. So get out a piece of paper because I'm going to walk you through the exact steps I do every week. And right in front of me is my paper journal. And this method has also been digitized. I do have a digital planner. I'll put the link in the show notes. So if you prefer a digital method, I've used both. Um, the digital planner can be used on any digital app like GoodNotes or, you know, any other way that you can view PDF documents. And it is interactive and clickable. And there's benefits to digital planning because you can easily erase or, or input things from you know, online resources. But it's the same method I use in my paper calendar. And so I'm going to explain what I do first. This is a weekly planning session. I set up a date with myself on Sunday. And I will brain dump the next week's list of things to do. And I put it in one section. So if you imagine a blank journal and look at the one page, it's divided in half horizontally. So at the top part of the page is going to be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday calendar with hours along the side. So at the top, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's a grid. And then on the side is 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. But then the lower half of the page is where I brain dump. I start there first. I list out everything I think I need to do. And it's really in no particular order. I just list it, you know, answer this email, fill out this application, contact this person, circle back to that person, create this content, uh, draft this outline, you know, 
streamline this system, write this SOP, whatever it is, I've got a list and I fill it up pretty fast. The next thing is I ask myself with such discernment, what is the absolute critical next thing? I pick three at most. If these these three things do not get done this week, my business will not move forward. And that's a hard thing to, to say because you look at the whole list and initially you're like, well, I need to do all of it, but you don't. So I circle those top three things that are imperative, that are critical, that I need to do. Usually it's something to do with either getting profit or creating peace. And what I mean is either it's going to streamline a system that brings me more peace or it's the something that is impairing more profit, like for example, a broken glitched link on my payment platform that was identified, whatever it is, it's going to be the most critical thing. So I have maybe two or three that I circle. Now, the rest of those tasks, I group into similar things. Our brain does not like cognitive switching. It decreases our energy. When we wake up in the morning, we want to do the things that we are good at first, or at least I do. I shouldn't speak for everybody. We all have different hours that are optimal. For me, I put all my creativity in the morning because I have the best creative energy to record video, to write, to draw, to create infographics. That's my, my morning time. So my calendar reflects that. But as I'm planning to put those creative events in the morning, I'm grouping them together. What else is creative? What else is similar in theme that is a similar use of that brain power? And I will color code those activities in my paper planner. In that list that I've just dumped, I might pick pink and say, okay, I'm going to highlight infographic in pink. I'm going to highlight, write this submission to um, apply for this speaking um, appointment or whatever that is a content creation. Record this video. That all gets pink. So then I look at my list. What else is left? Maybe I have tasks that are all similar in ordering things online, you know, for my business, for my practice, for my patients, for my catalyzers in my mentorship. Maybe it's just simple online ordering things. I've got like five things. So I'll highlight those in green. Now in my calendar, I'm going to be putting those in different spots because that doesn't take a lot of my brain power. And maybe I'll look at my list again and I say, what else is similar? Okay. I see a lot of messaging, whether it's checking portal messages, answering emails, circling back to ask if that person wants to be a guest on my podcast, these are all email type messaging and I'll put those in purple. So to keep it simple, I've got three colors. Now my list is at the bottom of that page and there's three colors that are obvious. We've got pink, we've got green, we've got purple. So now I go to the top part of the page where there's the grid and it's got the days of the week and then the time along the side. And I start by putting in the hard appointments first. And I mean hard by unmovable. These are not going to move. There are no wiggle room. So it is patient appointments, mentorship sessions, speaking virtual events, open office hours, um, my haircuts or whatever, you know, uh, kids band concerts, something that is unmovable. I put those and I block it in in my calendar in gray. I'm left with a lot of white open space. And I look at that and I go, okay, what mornings are open that I could put those 
pink creativity tasks because that's my best time. And I will block that in in pink. I, I color those blocks in in pink. So I know when that day comes at 8 a.m., I see a pink color. I look down at the list and find a matching pink task. Next, I go, okay, when is my brain most tired? It's usually mid-afternoon to late afternoon, right before I need to pick up the kids. So I put low level, low value tasks there, like answering emails. Those are, doesn't require a lot of, of divergent thinking or prefrontal cortex. I can kind of rest. I might even put the ordering online items down there. So I'll look at my calendar and then I will color in maybe green or purple at those later afternoon hours. And that matches with those tasks that I've outlined. So this is the beauty of it. I know nothing I've said is new. It's nothing groundbreaking. There are so many ways to plan your calendar, but the reason why this works for me is it's a prediction. I do this on a Sunday. My colors are brilliant. I have about five or six different colors throughout the week. So my calendar looks pretty, but what happens is I'll wake up each day and I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I look at my list and I start getting it done. However, life happens as we know. There are times when, oh, that delivery was late. So you didn't get to work until late or you know, something happened and there was noise above your office. So you couldn't record what you had wanted or, you know, name a million other things. And instead of panicking or just saying, well, I'll get to it at my next free time, I can look at my calendar and I can make adjustments and say, this is just a prediction. I didn't get it done today. When else can I get it done? I look, I swap some colors and it's about learning your process. The more you do this and you get it wrong, it actually serves you well. You start to more accurately predict how long it will take you to do certain things. I'll be pleasantly surprised when I may have blocked out two hours to do something and it only took me 30 minutes. I have extra time. I already have a list of things queued up that I've pledged that I would get ahead of. And it's so much easier to take these chunks and bites off of your calendar when you have vowed to create time to do it. The dopamine high is awesome. You feel very, very um, powerful and self-efficacy raises, which that's awesome. It's very anti-burnout. When you can count on yourself and you have integrity with your calendar and you see week after week that you're getting things done because you promised you would do them, you kept your own promise to yourself. And likewise, if you see things not getting done, and we all do it, I do it, I have one task that I see that might get passed from week to week to week, and that tells me something. Either A, it's not that important. So I question, do I need this? Or is this more of a, a wish list item? Obviously, my business doesn't need this to work. Why am I continuing to put it on my calendar? Or number two, should I hire or outsource this task to somebody else? Because it might not be in my zone of genius. I mean, let's be honest, we'll eat dessert first. It tastes better. So we tend to do the things that we like or we're good at first because, well, frankly, we're good at them. And that's okay. I think we should be allowed to eat some dessert first. And I think we should be allowed to own our genius and reclaim what brings us joy so we can move our business and our work-life masterpiece even further. So to recap on my method, it starts with a Sunday date and you dump 
everything out on a list that you need to do next week. You circle the top priorities up to three that absolutely are critical that you need to do or your business will not move forward. Now, the remainder of them, you group them into similar tasks, whether it's requiring a lot of brain power or a little. And then you look forward in your calendar, planning out the hard appointments first that are unmovable and rigid that you cannot get around, like appointments or lessons or workouts or whatever is very, very important. And then the remainder of that, you start looking at your own optimizing cadence and when you ideally would like to accomplish those tasks and you put it in the calendar. Without putting in the calendar, it's all a wish list. Your to-do list is really a wish list until you put it down in writing that you are going to sit with that task and do your best to finish it at that time on that day. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst podcast. This little mini solo session is so much fun. I realize how much I miss it. It's like sitting down with coffee and gabbing, even though I can't see anybody and you can't see me. Now, if you are an integrative or functional practitioner and you're just like me and you love streamlining, you want to find your own flow, please download my functional micro practice checklist. It is a 10 page guide with three levels of checklists and it has inspiration to help you start moving forward. We talk about decision making and time blocking. You learn my best tips on this and you also get peaks of glimpses into the Catalyst mentorship. So the link will be in the show notes, but if you need to find me, I'm at drlarasalier.com forward slash links and you can download that checklist. Also, don't forget the infographics and coming soon, I will be launching a five-day Catalyst Symposium where you will learn all of my favorite tools to find your own flow, streamline your systems, and become anti-burnout. Because in my opinion, that is really the problem in conventional and functional healthcare. It's not that we need more knowledge. It's that we need to take care of ourselves and learn how to apply our medical practices differently and keep up with the innovation that's happening in healthcare. So thank you again for coloring outside the lines and I hope you have a brilliant day. 